okay. Don't rush. Okay. All right. What's our first topic? Welcome, everyone, to such a great question. We're so excited you're here. Um, just to give you kind of an idea of what this is, it's a whole lot of bullshit. We're just going to sit here and talk till we can't talk anymore. Are you crying? You look like you're crying. Um, just so emotional. Yeah. Um, also, we we have a word that Emily uh, came. Oh shoot! I should we use fake names? Oh god, Emily. <laughs> I'll can use the same names. Emily. <laughs> Emily created a word. It's called LARPing, and I think it, it's. Why did you create the word? Why did you create the word? Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't create saying the word. Drunk in a hot tub <laughs> for a long time. That's I think why you created it. I didn't create it. So what? Where did you get it? I just got it from somewhere. But like, I actually should stop using it because it's actually really incorrect. Like, I don't want to be associated with that word anymore. <laughs> no, I think we should continue to use it. Anyway, it's basically we're gonna start fucking around, talking about bullshit, <laughs> and we're larping. Okay, we're sitting on a sofa watching Bravo, and we're gonna give you our real assessment of what the behind. This is the what we do is. all day, every, every day. day. Just to give you an idea, we pause this remote control like. 50 times an episode just to talk because we need to get all of our thoughts out. Yeah. And so we thought, you know what? Why not just record it and share it with people? Because it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. We have um, so many good points to share. So um, we just finished what we rewatched part one and then we just finished part two of Potomac reunion. And we're going to go through it and just get into the minutiae because that's really all we care about. Yeah. Okay. And what's our first topic? Okay. So. Let's get into the Robin of it all. Reasonably shady, the Patreon paywall. Yeah. What the fuck is the status of Robin's employment with NBC Universal? Yep. yep. Andy doesn't seem that happy. Yeah. Candace seems pissed. I just, I feel like I want to go backwards and almost think about Robin during the season. I, I don't know the timeline exactly. We should figure this out. But when did she find out that Tom, that Juan had um, a situation with this woman from Canada in a hotel room in DC. Like, when did this first come to her? It was during the season, right? She was already filming. I believe so. The, when this actually happened in real life was during COVID. Yeah. With Juan and this woman from Canada. Okay. When she found out about it, I'm not sure. But Andy's sort of making the assumption that she knew about it this season and she, oh, she chose did. to not speak about she it. She did. I think yes. she found out before they started filming. Okay, and, like, I'm not a huge Robin fan, but I do have some empathy for her. She looks like an idiot, okay? She has lived with her ex-husband for how long now? I don't know. Seven years. And this is not just, like, some ex that they had a falling out. He was cheating on her left and right, okay? Now they get back together. They've been speaking about having a wedding for, like, four years now. Finally, they actually are going to do it. And she finds out that he's fucking around on her again. And she's not going to leave him. Like, why? I don't think. Why? I think one. Why is she so insistent on being with Juan? Is it because of her boys? Is it because she wants that family unit? I mean, she looks so dumb. I don't know. I think I think she's always said it's like a family unit thing. That it was the best thing for her sons to keep the family together. And then she's been honest about their financial issues. And I think Robin bears some guilt over the whole uh, investing, you know, their savings into yeah, that with guy, that guy yeah. fucked around. So I don't know. I think maybe she feels guilty. And maybe, honestly, I don't feel like the two of them are very good at 
handling their finances. I don't think they have a lot of money. She's bringing in money from the show, but for all we know, she might not be on next season. Like this might be the end for Robin. So that's actually what I really want to talk about. Okay. The concept of housewives, like the, the, the premise of the show is share what's going on in your personal life, be real, share the story so that people can relate to it. And you're providing content for the show. You're, you're being paid by Bravo to do that. Your paycheck is based on that. Yeah. Here's a couple scenarios. I don't think Robin would be in such shit with Andy and Bravo had she not put all of this behind a paywall. If she had just revealed yeah. this after the show. I agree. Bravo's kind of like, what the fuck are we paying, paying you for? If you're going to make money on this after the fact and not share it on the show. It's no, so, so true. shady. Yeah. And Bravo is semi-suffering. I mean, in my eyes, this was a bad season or, or yeah. not, not good enough for sure. And so what you're going to now, Housewives are now going to be saving their very juiciest stories for their own platforms. Exactly. And they're going to save it and not use it for Bravo. I mean, that's got to be, I don't know what's written in their contracts, but that, that seems really fucked up. Well, there should be some clause in the contract. Like, um, I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about the Bethany clause, any business they promote on the show, Mm -hmm. Bravo gets a cut of it. Yeah. It's kind of not that dissimilar. If yeah. you're sharing all of this juicy information of things that sure. go on in your real life. Yeah. And then Robin looks like an idiot sitting on the couch telling, telling, um, um, who is she telling? Like, we need to share what's going on on camera. So she was saying to oh, Candace. Yeah, to Candace. You're upset that things are being filmed on the show. Yeah. yeah. And like, then meanwhile, she's withholding all of this. I mean, I go back and forth. My biggest thing is. Why is Robin staying with a man who treats her so badly? It would be different if she was open about, hey, you know what? We love each other, but we have an open relationship. Like, I let Juan do what Juan wants to do, and we stay together as a family, and that's it. But that's not what she's saying. She's basically denying that any cheating occurred. Meanwhile, Juan paid for a hotel receipt for her own husband is in a hotel room with another woman. Now it just came out. You sent me that Instagram. That he was sitting on a couch hugging another coach from the team. It's like this guy can't keep his hands to himself. I don't understand. It's embarrassing. And is this really worth it for your sons? I mean, I'm sure they can see what's going on. They're uh, hearing uh, about it. I'm, I mean, we can talk about the future of the, the cast and the shakeup later on, but I'm kind of done with Robin. I'm, I'm kind of done with Robin. with Robin. I'm really irritated with Giselle. I can't even get into that right now because I have so much to say, but like, I, she's run her course. We've gotten the story. I mean, what else are we, what else, what else is there now? I don't know. And also Robin is so lazy. Like she is lazy. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> like the whole hat business, like that, I was actually like, oh my God, Robin's getting her shit together. Like she's going to have this like multi-million dollar hat business. What, oh, what are wait, the hats called JK, again? JK, the hats are gone. What was the hat business um, called? I don't know. Something satin or Jules, something. Yeah, something I don't bedazzled. know. Something bedazzled. Something fucked up. I don't know. And poor Karen getting left out of the whole hat thing. Remember that? <laughs> anyway, I'm over with Robin. I'm done. Okay. Next, next topic. Next. Moving on. Moving on. I cannot lay my eyes on Charisse on my TV for one more millisecond. Like to me, it's such Eeyore energy. It's it's like a, a weight on my it's shoulder. What? Like Eeyore from Winnie the oh, Pooh. Like it's just yeah, depress- yeah. depresso. Depresso. Like depresso. oh my God. Why and are you on she, this show? Like let's, and she's let's so ugly. She's so ugly. It is so <laughs> 
So sad. I mean, she was looking pretty good that last season, like, I don't know, season four, I want to say, like she came when the last one she was on, she kind of got some bangs for the reunion and she was looking hot. I don't know what has happened, but it is, you know, we watch housewives because of the drama, but also because we want to see other people's lives that are semi aspirational. Okay. Potomac needs to get look elsewhere. Okay. Robin, I'm not inspired. Okay. Sharice, I'm like ready to turn off my TV. It's, it's not appropriate to wear the outfits that she's wearing on national television. You've got to get it together. My other thing about Sharice is what is she coming for Karen for like this? Like Karen, well, it's, kind like of- the gra- it's like the, the grand dame of Potomac's butting heads. Like who in their right mind thinks Sharice is the grand dame? Nobody thinks Karen nor Cherise are grand dames of Potomac. Okay, let's get that straight. And then number two, Karen is like a freaking brick wall. She can take it and take it and take it. And she comes out a survivor. Like all this stuff. How many other women have people telling them that they're cheating on their husbands left and right? Blue eyes. They're fucking people in bathrooms and restaurants. I mean, this is like, uh, she's unreal. And Sharice keeps coming for her. And you know what? Done with Sharice. I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done. I can't even okay, Let's it. get some new blood on the show. Okay. Another topic we like, uh, there's really no sequence to this, but I want to talk to you about seating. <laughs> yeah. I thought oh, this okay. was actually an interesting point. I love when they talk about things that we talk about and kind of give us an idea about like what, what is going on with this yes, seating? Yes, yes. Number one, what do you feel like the seating means? Yeah. And how important is it to the reunion and the quality of the reunion? I guess I'm wondering, there are a few things that are going in my mind right now. Because I've always assumed that, you know, they put the two people that are either fighting the most or were most, like, active throughout the season next to Andy. You think that or you think the most OG sits next to Andy? Well, I always feel like the most OG usually is also the most, the most active. Like, I feel like Kyle was always next to Andy, and it's because... That makes no sense to me. Are you serious? Kyle was always involved in the drama? No. Yeah. Yeah. With her sister. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So, I'm, I guess from my perspective, is it... Why the hell is Karen sitting next to Andy, then? That doesn't make any sense. One, is there any consideration on the cameras? Like, is that dumb, or is, like... Are the cameras filming and they want to put people either apart or together because they know they're going to be going back and forth with the cameras and they're trying to make that a more I have always thought they put people who are most uh, acrimonious yeah. opposite each other. And is that because they can look – we see each other type yeah. of thing? Is that what that is? Yeah, or- it may, it, I think it would be more difficult if they were sitting next to each other. Yeah. No, you I kind of have to turn. There's, there's sometimes when things get active, active between the yeah. people sitting next yes. to each other. Wait, I'm having a flashback to a Beverly Hills reunion where it was like, someone was like, okay, it's going to come to me. Oh, Garcelle. No, no, Yeah, yeah. Old. She goes, I'm sorry. So she's attacking my son and you want me to apologize to her? Yeah. That's- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a turn. Yeah, there's a lot of turns. And you're just like, it, it's awkward. It's, it's awkward. awkward. Yeah. Okay. But then I guess with this reunion, I can't remember who was sitting next to who. I, I Karen was mute. Karen hasn't said one word in this entire reunion. I don't understand. They should put her at the end. Literally, she's so Is fine. this Karen's last? I mean, now let's talk about Karen. What do you think about Karen? What did she bring? I personally yeah. love Karen Huger. Okay. I, 
I do love her. I don't want to see what her. What else off. are we getting out of her? Is this like a Vicky situation where you keep, you want, like, you know, I think Vicky should have been kept simply because she's Vicky Gunvalson. Is that what we feel Gunvalson about Gunvalson unite? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard about that. <laughs> Gunvalnators? <laughs> That's like her fans are like called the Gunvalnators. Okay, well, I'm one of them. Yeah, me too. Okay, so you're a Huger, Hugernator. <laughs> um, um, I don't know what the status is. I'm kind of, I, I always feel this way towards the end of the season where I'm done. I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah, I'm ready for it to be over. But okay. wait, it's not over till it's over. Yeah. Okay. It's not over moving until on. that lady sings. Here, Here I, I am. am. <laughs> okay, moving on. Do you have an opinion about how the fuck? Ashley got so taken for a ride by Michael Darby on this alimony, prenup, legal rigmarole. I just wish, honestly, Bravo would, like, this would be fascinating to me. Bring me a lawyer who's a real lawyer in family and divorce law. I want you to explain to me how this works. Because Ashley did a lot of talking all these years, a lot of talking of, like, if Michael... But oh, you brought up a great me. point. He's gonna uh, he's gonna pay. Like I have you brought a, a you brought up a, up. Right, you brought up a great point yeah. the other day where like she actually redid the prenup. She redid the while prenup they on were, the show while they were married. While they were married, after all the cheating and everything, how the fuck did she get herself into this situation? She should have gotten a third party lawyer to look at it and yeah. say you're gonna get fucked over. Especially yeah. if these women kind of alluded to the fact that she got her two kids and thought that was like her bag and like she yeah. was out of there. I mean, this is quite quite controversial, but I actually really like Michael Darby. Okay. Like I know he's like a scoundrel, but like I find him to be like kind of hot in a weird way. And like, also I just think he's cool. I think he's a very smart man. And oh, he yeah. has a lot of businesses. Well, that's he what I wrote down. Brought up he Somalia situation. In- <laughs> I don't know. He's apparently like a warlord in Somalia. Okay. He's got a lot of things going. And I don't think he was going to let some 20 year old girl dictate his financial uh, No, situation. he was very shrewd. Yeah. So, you know, I think he knew from the jump what was going to go down when he started cheating on Ashley. And I think he's been prepped for this for a long time. I guess I just would love for an attorney to sit down and just explain to us what did Ashley, what was Ashley's agreement and what went wrong. I she also, says it was very ironclad, which I 100% believe. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was a lot of room for her. I, I would love for a lawyer to sit down because yeah. I've heard about people who have prenups and it ends up kind of being yeah. nothing. nothing. And they can negotiate and get what they need out of the yeah. divorce. And I think, you know... Is she just not smart enough? Does she not want to push Michael's buttons enough because she's getting this mortgage payment out of him? That's what I think happening. Does she not want to kind of activate him? Yeah. Okay, so I think there are a few things. One, I think, um, you know, it was interesting that Ashley mentioned specifically that whatever money Michael had made prior to them getting married, if he invested that money into his current businesses, she was not entitled to the profit came out of that uh, that sounds wrong but i don't know how people justify that i don't know i was always under the impression i mean i've never been divorced so i don't know but like i was under the impression that any money you make during the time that yeah. you're married is, is considered game. community property yes i also was under that impression i don't know how you get around that i, I you have to be really kind of 
sneaky to yeah. write into your prenup that even money that you make during yes. cuz I didn't realize that you could do that. Even yeah, money thing, that yeah. you take and invest turns into something else. The other thing I thought was really odd was the alimony comment that, you know, in the prenup it says that she's not entitled to alimony. I, I, I haven't heard of that before. I mean, does that mean that she can't it's get so monthly It is so crazy. Ashley devoted, what, 10 years of her life to yeah. this man, this old Australian yeah. booty-grabbing man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. two kids out of him. Yeah. What does she have to show for it? Nothing. Like, pretty much nothing. I, I mean, mean, she has her kids, great, but, like... Okay, and she has, like, a $3 million house. Okay, that's, that's... I mean, I mean, now we have to think. Ashley came from... It's not that nice to say, but she came from nothing. She came from a family that really struggled financially. And so, for her to have a $3 million house now and be living independently from Michael, sort of is is kind of a big jump i also think that when you're getting divorced my understanding is if the for example if the man starts out as the main breadwinner and the um, woman is not working and then she starts to work and make an income i do believe that your income then becomes a determining factor in how much support you receive so right because they want to maintain your certain lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. And so I'm sure that Ashley's making a good amount on the show. And so maybe she is able to maintain her lifestyle plus child support plus this house. Maybe Michael's able to argue that you're able to support yourself with this money. My concern would be what happens in two years if Ashley's no longer on the show? Right. You know, then does your, you know, and then she said something interesting, which was like, if I ever go into financial... Ruin. ruin or something you know then he'll, help, he'll me. help me i don't know how you mark that i don't know how that works post a divorce i think i, I that comment is yeah. not tied to anything in writing was my understanding i think she just has this feeling, feeling. that if anything bad really were to happen to her yeah that michael's a good enough person that he will help her i don't know That's how delusional. true i don't know how true that is look at what he did with her prenup like no. i'm not no. sure no way I, but I do think that, unfortunately for us, we don't have the full picture. We're, we're hearing a lot of riddles right now. We're I would love to riddles. know how much money she makes on the show. Yeah, because I think that she's still getting a lot from Michael that's not anything legally, you know, written. Well, she did say, oh, the other thing I meant to bring up is that women these days live in this place of darkness where they don't know what's going on. They just have this credit card and... Yeah. Ashley's just living with Michael. She's assuming everything's all copacetic. Giselle asked her, do you know what his net worth is? Do you know how much money he has? Ashley says, I have no idea. How is... Yeah. How... Women need to stop living like that. Yeah. It's not healthy, and it's really a dangerous place to be where you don't have any idea how much money Michael has in general. No, it's how you get screwed over. And I think, you know, I remember in the post-snap, sort of, I have to go back and watch it, but... I feel like Michael does a really good job of, and I know a lot of men who do this, he does a great job of basically saying like, oh, I, I'll, I have the lawyers, like, I'll bring the lawyers in, they're my lawyers, kind of, but they'll they'll look out for you too, and they'll well, help us. Well, he's playing with her naive, naive, naive Yeah, for sure. 
And so I think unfortunately, you know, now I would assume that Ashley would have her own lawyer and that once the separation, I think in Virginia you have to be I'm separated so for good. a year. Yeah. Once that's over, she would have lawyers do the um what's it called when you go they go into your finances, not the lawyer. Forensic accounting. Forensic accounting. Right. And they would be able to figure out exactly how much Michael owns and like what the whole deal is. I think potentially she doesn't well, know a thing, lot because they're not that far into this process but, yet. But also part of me feels like she doesn't really even want to do the whole divorce thing. Yeah. She goes to the lawyer yeah. and she says we're going to buy this house in an LLC, which I think people do for tax reasons, or I'm not exactly sure why you would you yeah. buy a house through an LLC. Yeah. But the divorce lawyer says, that is not a wise next step. I would not buy a house with Michael. She goes ahead and buys the house with Michael. I'm just wondering, is it because the house she wants, she can't afford on her own? She said that herself. Yeah. Why is she still so tied? She's I just getting, she's, she's getting yeah. crumbs from him. Whatever he's willing yeah. to give her, she's taking. Yeah. And she's kind of like, I screwed myself over, so I might as well just take what I can get. Yeah, but you know what? I also think she might think that she's sort of pulling over, one over on him. Like, you know, Michael clearly has a lot of love for Ashley. Like, I think he still wants to have sex with her. You know, I know, I, this is the, the mindset I, or the image I have is that, she feels like, Michael, if I'm nice to him and I sort of keep this going, I can make this last for another few years and kind of get more out of him than I would get if I were to just get a divorce and split completely. Like, I'd be more But she would way. have gotten more from the jump if she were smart in her... I do... I So I think Ashley actually has a problem where she's not realizing what you said, her naivete, and that she's just not um, aware that Michael's like 10 steps ahead of her. I don't know. Yeah, he's 10 steps ahead of her. I also feel like she came from nothing, so anything she gets, she feels like is good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, not not that I want this for Ashley necessarily, but I don't think it's going to be tough for Ashley to find her next husband. I really don't. And sometimes I say that, and I'm completely wrong, you know, but I feel like, look at her. She's fucking Luke, Okay. He's, like, the hottest guy ever. He doesn't really have any money. She looks incredible. But, like, I think she could meet someone with more money who can take care of her, who she likes more than Michael, who's faithful. She's in a... She's so much more mature. What? How old was she when she met Michael? She was, like, a bartender. 22. 22. So, she, they were having three songs or doing all this crazy sex stuff. Now, she's probably going to meet someone who's a little bit more low-key. You know, she's a mom, so it's, like, a different stage. So, I actually feel like she could meet someone... But she is doing herself a disservice. By being so tied to him. Exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's it's disappointing to see. Just for women in general, it's just not what we want. No. Um Okay, did you have any thoughts on the whole Candace generational wealth, Candace versus Ashley conversation? I thought that was kind of interesting. You know what? I just feel like personally if I had parents or a mom who was well off and who wanted to basically give me money to live in a nicer home I don't know if I would say no you know and I think I don't know I if think the, the issue sorry yeah, not to cut you off no cut me off um the issue is that I don't appreciate how Ashley's trying to make this big distinction between her marrying a rich husband mm-hmm. and Candace being supported I by agree. her parents it's like it's come, like, come on. your mommy, your mommy. Well, because actually, it's your daddy. Yeah. Your like, daddy. Like, 
fucking you and paying you to paying keep you around. It's like, come on, let's be get real. Like, let's get, get real. real. Like, I feel like, you know, there's no difference. And I actually appreciate Candace bringing it back to that because I totally kind of forgot about all that stuff. Like, they really harassed her for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree. Okay, so this is where things get really complicated in my head because I'm I'm trying to unweave the web that Mia has created for us regarding her health and her business. Yes. So I, I'm going to yeah. start. I've written a couple things down. I'm going to start with the health situation and okay. tell me what you have to say. Okay. Sarcoidosis. Sarcoidosis. <laughs> Sarcoidosis. So, <laughs> so let me just um, read to you. Can you pull up a definition online or yeah, something? Yeah, I'm just going to tell you what this is. Okay. Sarcoidosis. The growth of tiny collections of inflammatory cells in different parts of the body. The growths most commonly occur in the lungs, lymph nodes, eyes, and skin. So that makes sense because Andy kind of said, oh, like, it was a rash. I mean, it looks like a rash. Okay. But... That looks disgusting. Oh she my said God. something... She gets on the show, and she goes this... She says in her talking head, like, I may be dying. Like, it's it's a jump. I, I, I don't know how we... Where go- did the cancer come in? That's what I'm not really following. So, what I have written right now is sarcoidosis, you may be dying soon, cancer-free, a large lymph node. So, I, I there's a whole collection of, like... She's being intentionally obtuse yeah. about what's going on health-wise. Yeah. I don't think she ever had cancer. Yeah. And Mia even said, you went to a dermatologist. Yeah. If you had cancer, you'd be going to an... Like, they'd take you to an oncologist after that. No, well, I feel like potentially what... If she had lymph nodes, can't sometimes lymph nodes... I, I'm no doctor, okay? This is where I really... She also said she it. had a raised lump on my or, rear. Yeah, I remember that for sure. <laughs> I remember that part for sure. On my Can rear. lymph nodes be cancer? Like, if you have, like, an enlarged lymph node yeah. or something? So maybe she took that, like, someone said, oh, you have some lymph nodes. Did they biopsy them? Like, was there... She said she got part? chest x-rays. Okay, so maybe maybe some doctor at the very beginning threw out that we should screen for cancer or something, he, uh, and she decided to say she might have cancer. Right. And then, you know, very quickly realized it's actually just, like, a skin rash, and I, I, I would I like know. to say, I would yeah. like to say to anyone coming, yeah. thinking about coming on Bravo, yeah. yes. thinking about being a housewife, great. PSA. don't use the C word. No. <laughs> the audience, we've been on this merry-go-round before with the cancer, <laughs> oh, yeah. okay? Oh, yeah. Don't you, if you don't have a positive test from a doctor, okay? Don't use the c word. Don't bring it up because we're never going to believe about you. it. We don't give. Brooks Ayers did shits. something to us where we're just we're never going to believe you unless it's for real. For real. I mean, we we spent through you know the next uh, the next year when what's her name was on um, Peggy Peggy, you know poor Peggy. I mean, but in. In, in in Shannon and David's defense, you know, if you do have something like cancer, you better be able to speak on it extremely intelligently and concisely. precisely, concisely. You should not be and sort of like confused about your own diagnosis. That's I'm not here to speak on anyone's no. decision. No. But David and Shannon kind of were right in asking those questions. No, they were right, and you know, I, you know. Now we're kind of going back to OC. That's something we should go, do this on another episode. But anyway, Mia, it's it's not. She cool. also said just it's a couple cool. more things. She said, "quote still she's still under care, and she um is on some medication." 
And I just would like to know medication for what exactly? What do you have? I don't know. I don't know. And also she has tissue growing on her reproductive organs. So that's a completely separate thing, I guess, at this point. She might have to get a hysterectomy. It's just... I mean, Jim Edmonds' ex-wife died of cancer on the show. Let's not fuck with cancer. It's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. <laughs> Regarding the joint chiropractic oh, yeah. franchises. Oh, yeah. What can you tell me... What was your understanding... Coming away from that, Yeah. what was your understanding of what went on? Okay, I have a teary, okay? And my teary's really similar to what Giselle was hinting at. I feel that, um, you know, we should probably look this up online because it probably we can find it somewhere. Mia may have been the... First of all, was she really CEO... Is that, is that her title? Was it chief marketing officer? I thought she was like an operating officer. I didn't realize she was CEO. I think in her talking head, she's like, I'm CEO. Like, not like, I'm CEO. Like, I'm the CEO. <laughs> okay. So, like, more like, I'm like a boss bitch. I just feel like potentially Mia and her husband, um, what's his name again? Remind me. Daddy G. Daddy G. <laughs> Mia and Daddy G were um, taking money that was meant for the business and they were using it to rent out a house in Potomac, Maryland. They were using it to... Not only rent out a house in, in Potomac, yeah. they're renovating, renovating a rent... They put, like, what'd you yeah. say, 60 k into renovating a rental. A rental, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> Tell me, who in their right mind is putting money to renovate a rental? Yeah. So I feel like that's that's uh, two people who those are two people who don't they're in too big for their britches. What's that saying? You're too big for they're your britches. In over their heads. They're in over their heads. So I feel like they took money from the business. They used it for personal things, and then I have a feeling that uh, Daddy G's brother, who he apparently splits the business with, got together with the majority of the other either board members or. Um, shareholders and decided that uh, they were going to fire or remove Daddy G and Mia from the company entirely. Um, and I don't know if they got kicked off the board. Mia's but you made a good point. It's yeah. like you cannot be booted if you own a majority exactly. of the company. My understanding she is that you're very confusing yes. about. Number one, how many board members there are. Yeah. Number two, what her what her ownership know. is. She doesn't know. I no, don't think she's Mia LARPing knows. as a CEO. She's LARPing completely. And I think that, you know, if they really had the majority of the business, it is not as easy as just removing someone's name from a bank account and then kicking them out of the company. I mean that that's not plausible. Like there has to be I don't think that's I don't I don't think that, that happens. No. I don't think you can just take someone's name off of a bank account. No. And I think the only way that you could potentially do something like that is if you had proof of illegal things or that Daddy G and Mia were embezzling or, you know, but that's like a a long process. So either Mia has been going through this and Giselle's right, she's trying to semi get ahead of it or she just got kicked out because they're not majority owners and they weren't doing a good enough job at the company and or they were stealing money from the company. That That's sort of my, you know, um, assumption of what's going on The crazy on thing is, like, I could care less. Like, I really don't care about Mia and her life. I, I don't either. I am fascinated in the whole Jacqueline thing. That does 
group me. What, that she's, like, showering with her and stuff? And they're like, you know, did she fuck Daddy G? Like, oh, in the preview, they say no, Daddy G has done sexual things with her friends, me as friends, but there's never been penetration. Jesus. Yeah. so weird. You're weird. Um, not so much the sexual stuff. I mean, that is weird when they, like, play doctor and stuff and she's looking at cervixes. Like, I don't know friends who do that. That's That's really weird. completely crazy. Yeah. But I... I don't like to see it, but I do. It does fascinate me when real friends come on the show together, and it disintegrates. So, but yeah. also the weird thing is that Mia was taken in by Jacqueline's well, parents. Well, that's what's so sad. It's like there was yeah. a real like family element there. I know. I, I think Mia is really happy about being famous. Oh my god! Like she wanted this really badly. Well, now I mean, you know, if Mia's if she's saying they have no more money. They're dipping into their savings because they don't have this company anymore. And I guess her only paycheck is coming from Bravo. I, I don't know. But, you know, but she got her whole on tight. Is, the weird thing is these women get on the show. They talk about their financial problems and, you know, not having money or being really financially strapped. People like Sonia Morgan, I think yeah. about. Um. Even Teresa, after when the whole like prison sure. thing was going on, we were all like, "Where is she going to get this money? Where is she going to get this money? How much money are they making on the show?" It's it, it doesn't seem like it's enough to support a family. Well, I guess I'm wondering when you get on the show like Mia and you end up lasting longer than one season, are you then um, are you then making a ton off of your social media presence? Your you know they do events all the time. Like there are a lot of events around the country that these housewives pop up on and I don't know how much they're making per event like I'm trying to think um you know selling things online you know there's a lot of ways that you can uh, capitalize on this experience so is that what Mia is that what these people are doing to really make money I know Teresa did it I think Teresa is one of the best at it yeah she's rolling in money she's rolling in money and I think that's and, not but she's also show. no but she's also one of the highest paid Sure, but I don't think her lifestyle... I mean, she and Louis are, like, on private jets. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's 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 on it's a riddle. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on from Mia, because yeah, I'm not, I really don't care about her. Yeah. So, should we dissect the Robin, Chris Bassett, Candace... Giselle. Giselle of it all. Oh, God. I, I, I guess so. I'm waiting for what Giselle... Why can't Giselle say? Everyone's asking her, was there something else? And she doesn't really respond. Well, Candace said, what did he do to you, Giselle? Yeah. That's my question. What did, what did he do to her? And Giselle's only saying he made me uncomfortable. And I feel like it's either that, you know, if Giselle's telling the truth, maybe Chris, you know, there was a vibe in the room that Giselle really felt like, is he trying to take this somewhere? Like, I, I'm feeling uncomfortable that he well, asked me here alone. you made a good point alone. that as women, yeah. there are situations that we find ourselves in where... It's a gut. It's feeling. a gut feeling where you feel like something isn't right. Yeah. That is very well plausible that that yes. happens. But you know what? When something isn't right, I don't go on national television and tell people I was uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, sure, Especially, you might tell your friends, which I think... Giselle did, and that's what I want to talk about too. It seems like if Giselle and Robin are telling the truth, Giselle left that reunion, got in the car with Robin, and immediately told Robin. And I feel like sometimes, not always, but at least for me and my personality, that's very much my personality. Where if something happens to me and I feel like it's wrong, 
I'm like immediately ready to tell you, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Andy made a good point in the distinction. Were you uncomfortable being in the room with him or did he do something to make you uncomfortable? Yes. Is it just the fact that you're in the in a room with a married man alone? Yeah. Or was it s- separately a vibe specific to that interaction? Because yeah. you know, Mia's right. Why are we living in this like crazy time and place where Gordon can't hug Wendy and yeah. no man can be alone with a woman and be fret I mean yeah. That's a little bit crazy. Yeah. Let's yeah. not let's not go too far here. Yeah. Where these women who in a group, I think a lot of them are friendly with the husbands. I yeah. think they all hang out. That would be like really weird if your husband couldn't be in a ro- room alone with me yeah. a- after this situation because something else happened separately with another yeah. couple. I have a few points. Like one, I feel like I've watched the seasons and it feels like Chris and Giselle always had a very friendly sweet relationship I felt like sometimes it was a little flirty but kind of in a cute way and so you know it would not feel inappropriate for me for the to me for the two of them to go into a room and talk privately Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be that crazy going back to your point though you know if Giselle did all this simply because Chris asked her to go talk in the room she was in the room and then she looks around and she's like oh we're in a bedroom and we're both you know, you're married, I'm not, and I feel uncomfortable about being in a bedroom with the door closed. That is so foul to if that's the reason she brought this out. Because that's not what people are gonna jump to. People are gonna jump to Do you Chris, feel like Rob that just do you feel like Giselle is being honest about this entire thing? Do you think she actually felt uncomfortable or she's doing this for the show? Part of me feels like potentially she did feel uncomfortable, but it was nothing that Chris do you know what I mean? Like you know, um, I just can't imagine why Chris at the reunion would decide to go pull, but men do crazy things, but that would be really crazy. Do you know what I mean? Why would you go semi try something at the reunion? Right. Like that's just, there are cameras around. Well, the other question is that cast members. any issue that Giselle has with Chris. Yeah. At, first of all, I don't even remember what happened between them season what was it what was the issue that they made I, to I actually about? can't remember either. like I need to go back and yeah. watch wouldn't it make more sense for Chris and Candace to be together talking to Giselle like any issue that yeah. they have together kind of triangulates back to Candace and I don't because know Candace is, is the yeah. other housewife on the show it's not I don't know if we're going back like hundreds of years but I feel like if I had a husband and he was having a problem with another woman I feel like I would prefer to be there to discuss because I don't know if it's, I don't know, maybe it's a conservative thinking, but I don't really like the idea that adult men, a man and adult woman who are not together are arguing about right, something. Right, right. It's just awkward. Right. I don't think men should be arguing with women other women about their wife. Not their wife. Okay. You know, Agreed. however, Agreed. we know Candace and I feel like Candace can potentially steamroll Chris and steamroll other people and so maybe Chris thought you know I can keep this situation a little bit more calm and clear and I can really get out my thoughts if Candace is not with me at this time I don't know what he was thinking but you know I don't want to discount Giselle's feelings if she really wasn't comfortable you know and she says there have been many a married man who have you know basically propositioned me or put me in a situation like I don't think that's a foreign 
concept to her. And so I, I don't why think it's impossible. Why does it not ring true to me? Why does it feel so fake? It doesn't feel authentic. Because it would be different if she said, you know what, I have something to tell you guys. Chris brought me into the room and he actually tried to kiss me. Okay. We have something to hold on to. Like, we have something. Either, you know, Chris denies it, it's one of them is lying. You know what I mean? Saying he made me uncomfortable, but not giving any further detail on what caused her uncomfortable. That's where it sort of feels like, did you just kind of create this in your head? And you thought this would be a good storyline for this season? Okay, so my other question is, like, her storylines tend to revolve around other people on this show. True. She's moving the papers around on the desk, and the audience is super smart. I think we're catching on to the fact that it doesn't feel... It feels, to me, very Tamara Barney-esque, where she's becoming more of a producer on the show, and she's not leaving it up to the producers for it to feel more natural slash authentic. Like, you bringing up this weird, fake, Chris touched someone's butt, like, spreading all these rumors that we don't care about. We, Mm -hmm. I actually don't don't give a shit about Chris Bassett. I don't care. That's the other thing we need to talk about with zooming out. I don't care about the husbands so much. On New Jersey, I don't need to hear all of this shit about the husbands. I don't need to see their boys. I'm watching a show about women. Okay, I semi-disagree with you, but I can see what you're saying. But I disagree. But on Potomac in particular, the husbands mean absolutely zero. I agree. You think I need to see Raymond on the show? (laughs) Raymond! Shake up the Potomac cast. Who do you keep? Who do you ex-nay? Who do you bring back? Do you want new people, completely new people? I actually think, like, I would get along with Wendy as a person, but I think she's a pretty bad housewife. I feel like a lot of what she brings on the show feels disingenuous. I don't like this professor turned candle maker turned housewife turned booty butt girl like happy in this to me it doesn't ring true then she's now fucking around she got the, you know what she did though she what? she got the teddy mellencamp season two makeover oh yeah but I, she got season i mean she looks completely different than she did no i actually think she's looking great she looks amazing she's like, amazing I, I just feel like it's not genuine, and I would have rather her stayed as a professor and just really shown us more of her life in that role and as a, uh, a correspondent. That's something we don't have on the show. We have a lot of candle makers on this show. Okay, do you know me? Two candle makers. Two candle makers is a candle maker too many. Too many. Okay, so get rid of Wendy, in my opinion. Get rid of Robin for sure. I struggle with getting rid of Giselle. I would definitely keep Mia, Candace, Karen. You keep Mia. I actually think Mia brings a little bit of, like, um, mess, but, like, yeah. a good mess. Yeah, I you know. And so, yeah, I'd keep her. I would love to see Ashley for sure. We haven't even, did we talk about Ashley this season? I, I just want to say I love my girl Ashley. Like, I don't really think she's bringing around this divorce in the most fun way, but I do really enjoy her pretty much whenever she's on the television. Yeah, she did, she can do no wrong. We yeah. are the Darbies. Yeah. So, bring back Monique. Get rid of Giselle and Robin. Have a kind of a weird movie. Get rid of Giselle. I mean, what is Giselle? And then, okay, so Karen. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry. Really quick. Giselle is not able to be vulnerable. She just really has a problem with it. She doesn't bring anything real about her life on the show almost ever. Okay? And this whole uterus hysterectomy situation, it's like... That's so easy for her to bring on because it's something that is natural that occurred to her that's like a medical condition. It's nothing 
you know, messy. But look at the Sherman thing. It's almost like fake boyfriends. Like, you know, Jamal who lives in the phone. Like, it's just, it's never real. And so I feel personally like Giselle needs to take a time out or she needs to come back next season with something real and legitimate about her own life. Start dating someone, Giselle. Like a real guy. Bring him on. It doesn't even have to date. be dating. Show it has us to the be, fights. Get real about your own emotions, how you feel about life, anything, motherhood, I'd general. I'd love to see you go to therapy and really cry it out with a therapist. Like, I mean, let's like, get down to she's, business. She always has her hand in somebody else's pot. Yeah. Because it's not her own. And I, you know, so I'm over with Giselle. I think they need to bring back some heavy hitters. hitters. Monique. Who else? Who else has been gone? Was anyone else let go? Katie Rost wants to come back. Oh, I think we should bring back Katie Rost. Oh my God. She's like unbelievable. I feel bad though. She's going through a lot of like mental health problems. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'm really excited. This was our first podcast and it's only going to go up from here, guys. Yeah. This so, is, don't judge us too harshly on the first <laughs> Yeah. Usually our conversations uh, take twists and turns, but we really stayed on topic here, I think. On topic. All right.